guess who else comes out with albums that day? Modest Mouse. And, oh. and Canadian Darlene's Mother Mother. Oh, God. Mother Mother. Oh, man. Did you, that band really pissed me off because they used to be so they good. They used to be amazing. And they just... Have you, did you hear their last... They came out with an album in 2018. I didn't even hear it. I didn't even know this thing had, had even been released. It is atrociously bad. Oh, my God. What the fuck happened? And then they went... They were yeah. so fresh and interesting. They were and cool. like I like them, too. Like... Yeah, like, they're super Canadian, like, almost, like, country influence, but, like, really just a unique sound, and then they just, like, fucking... This went... Ugh. This went straight pop. Hey, everyone. It's Peter, and I'm joined by... Kevin, for another exciting dive into the music world that we like to call the play button. Once again, we don't have a topic queued up this week, but we plan to go into greater detail on some big releases that came out near the tail end of May. Uh, First on deck, we're going to talk about the latest from the quirky alternative duo 21 Pilots with their new album, Scaled and Icy. Next, We'll follow it up with a heavily anticipated release for both Kevin and I, and that would be St. Vincent's Wild 70s throwback album, Daddy's Home. And finally, in honor of LeBron being kicked out of the first round of the NBA playoffs, we'll reserve <laughs> the last spot for J. Cole's new album, The Offseason. Something, <laughs> something the Lakers will be entering into now. Man, I, I was thinking when you said that, I was just like, wait, like I don't really know J. Cole. Like, Is there some connection here? <laughs> but then... No, I just wanted to make nice. sure I chirp the Lakers. Well, I still can. Nice. Um, but uh, Saint Vincenzo, we're uh, we're not going to get into it yet. But are you hyped to review this beast, Kev? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, pretty uh, a big. You know, it's always exciting when we have a release that both of us are pretty into from an artist that we're that we're both into. Um, and I don't know, judging by the last few albums, it's always just like a wild card, and this one is. Even more than usual, uh, quite the wild card. So, yeah, it's exciting. Well, let's get into it. First up is the latest from Columbus, Ohio duo uh, 21 Pilots. They are comprised of Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn, who are uh, signed to the hilariously named sublabel of Warner Brothers called Fueled by Ramen. Really love that name. I'm a huge Classic. fan. Um, They've been around longer than a lot of people realize. I'd say like late 2000s they got going and they didn't really get into the mainstream until their 2015 album Blurry Face where you'll hear huge hits that are I'm sure Kevin's absolute favorite like Stressed Out, Ride. They had that song on the Suicide Squad album as well called Heathens. I liked that one. Um, You never really know what to expect from these guys. They kind of reinvent themselves on each album. They're a bit of a chameleon, hard to predict. Um, lead singer Tyler Joseph, though, he consciously chose not to feed into the dark dystopian feel of the pandemic. He actually, this time, wanted to write something happy. When you listen to the album, it sounds aesthetically very, um, it's very, uh, happy sounding. Lots of pianos, lots of Elton John style, like, uh, ballads. Um, but, uh, and the, but the lyrics can be a little bit dark still for them. And, and that's not anything new for them. I started out perplexed at what I was hearing. I'm not going to lie. It was way less serious than their 2018 album, uh, Trench. 
Uh, Good Day and Choker, probably the weirdest one-two punch I've ever heard from these guys to start an album. Really weird. Good Day sounds like Elton John, but it's somewhat satirical with lyrics like, Lost my job, my wife and child, homie just sued me. Um, you know what, though? Over time, I, uh, I, grew to like it a, I grew to like it a little bit more than my first couple listens. Uh, there's some pretty, pretty good songs that I can pick right out here, like The Outside. It's a clear standout. That's pretty much everything you'd like about a 21 Pilots uh a song very easy to love um i liked this i liked believe it or not the fist raising rebellion song like never take it um i know it's probably not mm-hmm. your cup of tea it's a little arena rock but uh, i liked it a lot and i also liked the stomping piano jam uh, mulberry street which was a really good vocal performance by tyler but oh man it does not stop there from being some duds on this saturday <laughs> saturday hilariously bad song um, formidable, very stadium acoustic rock jam that is just so unwelcome. It barely even sounds like them. It actually encroaches on ugh, like Lumineers territory, just an absolute travesty. And I also found their single shy away, just a little too dumbed down for my liking. Um, interested to hear what Kevin thinks though. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have as much background. Um, you know, I, I think <clears throat> this is one of those bands where you brought up 21 pilots and I was like, I don't really know who they are, um, but then, as you pointed out, like it's obvious that I've heard many Twenty One Pilot songs, but I just don't care, or I don't care. I don't care enough to even find out who they are. Um, and oh man, I gotta say, like this is the kind of music, this is the genre of music that really kind of makes me feel like very pessimistic about the music industry as a whole. Like it's just so lifeless like it's so it's like they they try and pretend that they are making serious music but this music is not serious it is so just generic it's so made for the radio it's so made for you know big arena shows um i mean fueled by ramen um that record label i'm fairly certain it was started by uh i think his name is pete wentz from panic at the disco I don't know if it was started by him, but it's definitely associated with Panic at the Disco. Um, and so <clears throat> they put a lot, they put out a lot of music by these kind of like pop rock bands, um, you know, from the mid to late 2000s, like until now. Um, and I just, that's just not for me. Like, I, I just find this music is is meant for like teenagers. Like, it's just very... It doesn't feel like it has any complexity. I still I feel like it has this very off-putting kind of early 2000s sound. It sounds very outdated to me. Um, interestingly enough, I thought Saturday was probably the highlight. Um, it was the most... It was the catchiest one to me. Um, you have to ignore the lyrics. Like, I don't even factor the lyrics <laughs> in. The lyrics are... They will reduce your IQ by several points uh, if you listen to them. Um... But I did think it was the highlight. Uh, there's a very, very odd um, but interesting moment at the end of that song where the beat just totally stops and then restarts, but it doesn't in a very strange way where it's like very unexpected and, and it really made me do a double take. And that was the single only moment on the entire album where I did a double take because the rest was just like bland background, ready for the grocery store kind of shit. Um, and you know songs like no chances my god that song is horrible and so cheesy with the stupid like effects in the chorus <laughs> um and 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what their previous albums were like, but um, if this is kind of, you know, all they got, uh, yeah, not not interested at all. Um, I, I do think, you know, I agree with you, like, The Outside was an okay song. Um, Mulberry Street, I can get on board with, but the vast majority of songs here are just, uh, for me, they're just kind of cringe-inducing, and uh, yeah, I really hated it, just straight up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too surprised about that. It's interesting you say, yeah, so it's definitely not music to be taken seriously um it's to be honest when they first came out with blurry face this is actually the kind of album i was expecting them to come out with after i thought blurry face was like that was they've entered the mainstream this is what it's going to be like from now on um not so though on uh on their uh 2018 album trench that was actually a fairly darker mature album for them and i liked it a lot so for Mm. them to kind of go back to this where it's kind of just throwing anything at the wall hoping it sticks I was just, right. I was expecting that last time, and I was expecting maybe something more mature this time, and I get kind of the opposite chronologically. Oh, it's I kind see, of weird. I see. <laughs> um, because Trench was a very good album if you got into it and gave it time. This one, I gave it time mm, a little too mixed for my liking. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the latest album by Annie Clark, aka St. Vincent. Uh, the album is called Daddy's Home, um, an interesting classic St. Vincent uh, album title. Um, this is her sixth album. Uh, she originally was a member of uh, this indie pop collective uh, called the Polyphonic Spree. Um, she was also a member of Sufjan Stevens' touring band. Um, so she has a lot of musical experience, um, but then um, she broke off, uh, did her own solo thing, and she's released, uh, prior to this, five wildly different albums um her first two marry me and actor uh definitely more of you know uh typical indie rock indie pop uh style much more low-key uh she wasn't really well known uh she kept expanding the sound um kind of going grander with each release uh she released strange mercy after that um i thought that was a fantastic album you know all of her albums have been quite well received um but then there was clearly a turning point. Um, I would say her first three albums go together, uh, and then following that, it was a, a pretty big shift uh, with her uh, self-titled album, um, and that really gave her a lot more mainstream exposure. She won a Grammy uh, for that self-titled album. Um, with that one, um, it was a much bigger sound, much more straightforward sound, uh, a sound that was much uh, more suited to you know giant crowds and festivals. Um, and then she kind of doubled down on that with uh, her last album, Mass Seduction. This took a, a way more electronic turn, um, very in-your-face, um, ve- very catchy and, and fun. Um, weirdly enough, I, I felt it was very Nine Inch Nails-influenced. Um, I think she brought a lot of um, that kind of synth-poppy, synth-rocky sound uh, into it. Um, and that was also a pretty big commercial and critical success. And then she follows it up with this album, Daddy's Home, which is really just uh, almost a 180. Um, The mainstream, you know, radio-friendly sound, the poppy sound is gone entirely. Um, And it's been replaced by this, you know, strange, hazy, very 70s-indebted classic rock, uh, kind of psychedelic rock sound. Um, It... Is really strange in her catalog and and uh, I think 
my first reaction to it was pretty off-putting because it's very hard to i didn't really know what i was gonna expect going into it but it even threw me off knowing that it was going to be a different album was that was that kind of your first impression as well i mean don't get me wrong i'm, I'm kind of glad I, I don't really think she had much more room within pop so after mass seduction mm. i was kind of like Ooh, like hopefully no more i mean she's traveled down this road pretty deeply now but yeah the 70s influence was a huge left turn for me um i wasn't expecting her to really pay so much homage to it um yeah and uh it, it's not that it's bad. I think she's she's an excellent songwriter. I mean, she has her own masterclass. She's excellent at, at this stuff. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. I just think that in doing this, she lost a little bit of what makes her her. Um, so mm-hmm. while I can obviously like list off more influences here than I can count, like Pink Floyd, The Beatles, ABBA, they're everywhere on this. Um, yeah. If you don't like those types of bands, those psych rock bands, um, then you're absolutely going to hate this. Um, and, and Right. Um, but I just found that, uh, I don't know, I, the singles are fine. I don't see myself listening to any of this past, you know, this brief period that I've given it, though. I feel like there's yeah. there's not much here that will stick. And I've given it a hell of a lot of time. And I, right. I, I even even before we uh, we signed on here and started the podcast, I still was a little mixed about what I wanted to give it because she does a good job celebrating it. Um but she loses a lot of she's loses a, a lot of that quirkiness that she had. I don't know. How did you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think my problem might be that it's just a little too on the nose, uh, and I think that criticism I, I've seen a lot, and it's just things like you know, there are sitars everywhere all over the album. Oh, sitar um, everywhere. Oh my god! And um, like, you know, it's a bit long. It has those interludes that don't really do much for me. Mm. Um, I think so it's produced by Jack Antonoff, um, who I've mentioned before, and you know, he's definitely very influential um in pop music production. He's done Taylor Swift, he's done Lana Del Rey, um, and uh he did Mass Seduction as well. And I just find his production on this is just it's too obvious, it's too on the nose, and to me it feels like um it feels like an Instagram like retro filter. That's what it seems like, you know? It's not actually a retro photo that you're looking at. It's just a filter that just kind of makes it look fake. And it's just a bit, like, it's a bit too much. And um, so that kind of turns me off of it. Um, I think there are songs that don't really do anything for me. Daddy's Home does nothing for me. Um, At the Holiday Party, I think, is a really weak track um, towards the back half of the album. Um, But there is one song in particular that i feel like doesn't try too hard and i think it is one of her all-time best songs uh and it's somebody like me uh i absolutely love that song i think that is a um a highlight of the album because it's it's just simple it really sounds like something off of um you know an album like actor it really does sound like that kind of classic sound even in her vocal style um and so i love that song um I'm down with the singles, like, two. Um, I, I enjoyed The Melting of the Sun. I think that's a nice, like, groovy yeah, track. All, all um, the singles are good. They're great songs. Yeah. And I, and I like I yeah. like hearing them when I'm when I'm watching. Sometimes, sometimes they're on sports games before they go to commercial break. Like, they sound great. Okay, yeah. They're just no more than good to me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I guess I just don't... Uh, there isn't really much that's, like, yeah, kind of blowing me away. Um, and... 
I, I mean, personally, I was always a fan of her earlier work. I think Actor and Strange Mercy are her two best albums uh, that haven't been topped. And a big problem that I had with Mass Seduction is I felt it was very top-heavy. Um, I think, uh, you know, the the front half is so, like, banger-heavy um, that I just kind of... It, it's almost... Uh, all the songs are great, but I think they're so overwhelming and in-your-face that I get a bit fatigued listening to the rest of it. Um, and on this album, I feel a similar... Uh, way where I feel like the back half with the exception of somebody like me is is not as strong and it kind of it feels sleepy and meandering um so yeah I don't know it's I think it's a very strange addition to our catalog um it could be one that is looked back on better uh with time um but for now I mean uh, oh I, I one thing I forgot to mention like uh in during the development of this album she said she was originally going to make an album that sounded like Tool, and then she scrapped that idea and decided to do this. So I'm really disappointed, because like, that would have been so <laughs> sick. Might be oh, the, man. It might be in the works later. You never know. Maybe, yeah. So I'm down if she goes like super heavy and like brooding with like epic riffs and time signature <laughs> like fuckery. Yeah. Um, that's not the that's, yeah, so. that's not the track I would have picked out. That, that's an interesting choice you had there. I thought I I, huh. I liked the singles, but I I liked uh, "Live in the Dream" particularly. I thought yeah, that was that's... a really strong song. If you're a Pink Floydy kind of fan, that that one that yeah, it's mark. very hazy and and psychedelic and uh, yeah, trippy. Um, yeah, that's a good song too. I also yeah. felt like. Believe it or not, I thought the Laughing Man was probably the closest she gets to her old self for whatever reason. Just that intro, like yeah. 911, what's your emergency? I'm in love. Yeah. I see. How can I help? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought felt like that was cheesy though. I didn't I, like I that. I thought it was it was but that was kind of her her personality coming through a little bit. Like that's I don't know. It was that's it true. felt a little that's bit true. like her. And it was one of the only times I felt like that on this. But uh if every yeah. outside of us, it feels like it got it garnered great attention and yet felt yeah. nothing. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, that's the part that's that's troubling me. It's like another critically acclaimed album by her. Um, she's basically six for six in terms of critics. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe over time, we'll uh, we'll see. All right, last up, and I wrote a novel for this, so I'm going to try and condense it to a, an actual digestible amount here um the latest album from uh north carolina rays rapper jermaine cole j cole with the off season um i warned kev before going into this well didn't warn him but i said that i am i have got to be one of j cole's biggest naysayers i think he is one of the most overrated rappers going um he's not he's not atrociously bad um i just find that it really is rooted in, I think he's a little too overly serious. I think he takes things way too seriously. He has this bit of false righteousness that, that uh, he has in his lyrics. Mm -hmm. There's this, like, every, he thinks that everything that comes out of his mouth is wisdom. And I, uh, it just, it, it, it ignites the troll in me. I just want to, every time he comes out with an album, I go through the lyrics and I'm like, what can I, what can I catch this guy on? Conflicting things he says that are wrong, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> He's also coming off of two mediocre albums, the absolute snooze fest for your eyes only back in 2016. And then this eyebrow raising attempt at trap, very pseudo failed concept album KOD back in 2018. Um, since then, he had a really fiery exchange last year with uh, Chicago rapper No Name, who chirped him for being so quiet on social media during the Black Lives Matter protests, interestingly. 
And then he returned back with a diss track, only to get absolutely curb stopped by her in her own diss track. Um, anyways. Um, anyway, I, I think what it comes down to is I, I typically don't like this guy's lyrics. His production's always fantastic. His flow is really good. Um, you know what, though? After saying all that, I gave this album some time, and you know what? It actually materialized into a positive uh, reception on the album at the end. I thought, hmm. after all of this, I went into this album just absolutely seething rage at him. Not, I'm not a huge fan, and I came out actually quite pleasantly surprised at this. I really liked... I really liked what he was going for here. It's a much more personal, honest record. I liked what he had to say on some tracks. The stretch between um, Let Go My Hand and The Climb Back is also really good. He goes through some hazy, jazzy, smoky songs uh, with slick rhymes and narratives. Um, he really has something to say, and his words seem to be hitting a little harder than they were before. Um, on Let Go My Hand specifically, um, he reflects on this obligation he feels to prep his son for the world. And even in 2021, he, he feels like he has to prep his son for how people might receive him, the color of his skin. Mm -hmm. he, uh, one thing I really thought was cool is he references uh, a scuffle with, with uh, legendary rapper P. Diddy. Um, this happened in 2013. People were wondering if this had actually happened. And then he references it here. And then, and then he brings the man himself on to close the track at the end. P. Diddy comes right right at the end as this almost sort of like he does a little bit of like a prayer for God to guide fathers um, in life. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then quickly, I, I also like the song My Life. Um, I thought uh, Moray's chorus on that was really good. The lyrics were great on that. 100 Mil I thought was really catchy. And then, uh, oh, he does... He uh, references my favorite NBA player too, Damian Lillard. Uh, samples him on the song "Punch in the Clock." Uh, he, Damian Lillard scorched the Dallas Mavericks for 61 points that night, and then had this legendary interview after the game, and he samples it on that song. So cool. Anyway, wait, what, what does the sample say? Um, you can go listen to it, but um, basically, Damian Lillard saying, "You know, like I, I came here for business. This is what I came here for. This is what I do. I don't know what you were expecting. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's one of my favorite moments by one of my favorite NBA players. So uh, I'm not even that big a basketball fan, but I love that guy. Anyway, what did you think? Uh, I, this is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing it was an introduction to J Cole for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty much any hip hop and rap album that we haven't reviewed previously um, will be a, a new introduction. Um, so never really listened to J Cole. Um, I didn't even really have a sense of how popular he is, but he, he is quite popular, right? Oh, like he's, he's one of the most popular. He's huge. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so going into it, didn't really know um, if this was going to be uh, a slog. Um, looking at the track titles, um, I was really uh, not, not looking forward to it. <laughs> Those uh, track titles, all the uh, characters are spaced apart and lowercase, and uh, spaces between words have uh, periods, and it, so it looks really dumb. Um, that being said, this is pretty sweet. Um, I think the beats are great, the instrumentals are great. Uh, I think he's a good rapper, like I enjoyed listening to him. Um, I think, uh, you know, that uh, that kind of intro that you, you, you said um, about him, Kind of taking himself too seriously i mean i think you can see that on the album cover <laughs> like the album cover is just very like dark and brooding with a flaming basketball hoop in the background <laughs> like it's pretty ridiculous um and you know there there's i think some of that vibe gets across in the in the music so the opening track 95 south uh it's a very grand you know in your face opener it feels like something that um would be um 
like a, a walk-up like walk-up music exactly. in sports you know some athletes gonna like come into this uh enter the ring like come up to bat like whatever it's just a very good intro track um so i thought that was nice um i'm not sure exactly which ones were the singles but i assume my life and uh pride is the devil were singles maybe um pride is the devil yes um the climb back actually was brought out last year so it's an actual old track that he had in oh, EP. it's actually it's actually older but finds its place on here with a new uh, grammatical format on the uh, track list <laughs> right right yep. um well my life in pride is the devil i really enjoyed those two i thought they were really catchy um yeah really like there's not much that i like straight up disliked you know there's some songs that i didn't really you know vibe with like punching the clock that didn't really do much for me um I didn't necessarily really like the climb back. I felt it was um, a bit too long. Um, yeah, didn't really get into that one too much. Um, I mean, props to J. Cole also. 12 tracks, 39 minutes. That is what I'm looking for in an album. <laughs> None of this 20-track bullshit that's, like, just for Spotify plays. Like, no, no, no. Um, I, thought, I thought Hunger on Hillside to close the album was a great closer, too. Um, it's just a, a, a well-constructed like rap album hip-hop album I, I i don't really have many complaints like um you know again uh if it's not obvious by now this is not a genre i'm really into but if i can enjoy it then then clearly that that means something all right so before we get into our um more free form uh final section of the, the episode let's just recap uh what we covered today and what uh, kevin and i think as our final scores so we started things off with 21 Pilots, new album, uh, Scaled and Icy. Um, you know, again, I thought this was an incredible curveball they threw at us. I was very confused by it at first. There are some good songs, though, at the end of the day, if you just give it a bit of time. Um, and you know what? They did something unexpected that I haven't uh, I haven't really been able to say in a long time, which is that they delivered an incredible closing track uh, on Redecorate. I thought that was really good. It's fun in a nerdy, innocent kind of way, but I... I just don't see this as a defining sound for them. It's just, it can't help but feeling like a head scratcher at the end of the day. And so, you know, take those good tracks, put them on your playlists for later, maybe save the rest of the album and, and drop it uh, after a few listens. I, I, I thought it was a pause. Um, I mean, this is no surprise. Um, I really don't like this kind of music. Um, find it very insincere and just boring so so boring nothing interesting nothing new to the table um a sound that feels very outdated like it's from decades past um and just shit lyrics also so um <laughs> it really does nothing for me uh i'm gonna have to give it an eject I, I really hate this style of music oh, yeah sizzling. sorry wow. sorry and our second album was the latest from St. Vincent, uh, the album Daddy's Home. Very 70s influenced, um, pretty big departure in sound from her last album. Um, this is a very challenging album, I would say, to get into, uh, especially if you became a fan with either the self-titled or Mass Seduction. There's a very low chance you'll get into this album if you're expecting more of that sound. Um, I mean, for me, I've listened to all her albums. I, you know, consider myself a St. Vincent fan, more so with the older stuff than the newer stuff. Um, but aside from a couple tracks here, uh, somebody like me in particular, um, I, I, I have to agree with Peter. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm going to come back to this album that much. Um, and 
you know, things could change uh, in the future because it is a very dense album, but uh, for now it's a pause. Yeah, I never thought that I would fault somebody like St. Vincent, especially, for doing too good a job on the 70s influence and celebrating. <laughs> I, I've never, I never would have thought that she did such a good do- job that she, she sucked the life out of it almost. And, right. and at the end of the day, I just, I think it's just that I don't consider St. Vincent the persona as the right ambassador for this era of music. So I listen to this. Every single time I listened to it, I was like, you know what? It kind of just makes me want to throw on Dark Side of the Moon or Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. <laughs> I would rather just be listening to that. And uh, it's no fault to her. She's, her, 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 her songwriting is, is excellent as always. I just didn't think this was the right style. So it's a pause as well. Yeah, hopefully we get that Tool album soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last up, we covered The Off Season by J. Cole. So, I mean, I went through my history with J. Cole, how much I really just didn't think much of him. Um, overall, though, this uh, this album, I, uh, I ate my words for sure. It's hard to find fault with it. There really isn't a bad song. Um, very sleepy on his last two albums, but here he comes up firing on all cylinders. Great production, dynamic flow, in a way that feels memorable. Um, so, I mean, he's always going to invoke that inner troll in me, um, no matter what. And I can find stuff here. We can get we can get into it later, but uh, nobody can <laughs> deny. He always puts love and care into his albums. And in this one, uh, I thought he did a really good job. So it's a play. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think J. Cole might be the winner of, uh, of this episode because, uh, yeah, there's really not much that I can, you know, criticize. Like, I, I don't think there's anything where I'm just like, this is horrible. Um, like I think the the catchy songs are really catchy. The groovier songs are, you know, groovy and and good. Like every song is decent to listen to. Like I, I wasn't cringing at any point through this album, um, and that's pretty big for a genre that I'm not really into. Um, and uh, my one criticism that I forgot to mention though, um, I do think the production specifically um, with respect to the bass is a bit much. Um, like when I was listening to this, like the bass is just so overwhelming. Um, like I'm not one of those people who's gonna sit in the street, like idling my car, listening to like bass heavy music at like full blast. Um, so that's just a bit much. Like maybe dial that back um, a little bit. But other than that, the songs themselves are are totally totally fine. So um, I'll give it a play too. Okay, moving on now to uh, wrap up the episode. Um, we just want to discuss some of the latest trends in music, some of the latest music news, and uh, any new songs that have come out uh, recently, um, just to keep everybody updated. So, Peter, anything new and exciting in the world of music? I was listening to three new songs this week. That uh, One of them's older and I'm late to the party on. But uh, anyway, I the first one was uh, John Mayer's new single, Last Train Home. Ooh. He's going to come out with his own 70s, 80s glam rock kind of uh, album. Seems like everybody's going that route these days, including him. Um, I just don't think that on the, this particular song here, uh, he's, his vocals suited. His vocals are too subdued and mumbly. You need like a Phil Collins projection if you're going to go on these kind of tracks, and I just don't think he's got it. So in, in general, that the track just doesn't work for me. Um, one of my favorite rappers out of Chicago, Saba, uh, with a new song called Black Astronaut. He made this one for Juneteenth, um, which is f- also called Freedom Day, June 19th in the calendar. 
Um, anyway, it's part of a massive playlist that Apple Music is apparently curating this year. I didn't know this. Um, but for him, it's, it's actually pretty good. It's vintage, chopped up, smooth jazz piano mix, which is his style almost every time. Um, he seems to favor it. Um, and the lyrics cover themes of holding on to your childhood fantasies even though you're getting older. I like the song. Um, but, you know, it's kind of annoying. He's Knowing that it's not part of an upcoming album makes me a little impatient. He keeps coming out with these little bursts of, like, one song song it's kind of oh, wanted yeah. i want to know what's next for him because his last album care for me was so good anyway and then uh last song is uh an old australian uh, metal band uh huge favorite of mine back when we were in university called 12 foot ninja and uh they have a new song called long way home i'm hoping this is the start of some new music or new album for them as well um they are a band from back in the early 2010s that i loved they lost a bit of uh you know their flavor on uh, their sophomore album outliers but this song's pretty good uh, it reaches back into a lot of their old glory uh, much more unpredictable um just style changes mid-song it's uh it's impressive that they do that and uh i don't know i liked it a lot i don't know what have you been uh what have you been listening to um so this has been it's been a couple weeks now but um i i, I guess i guess we haven't uh recorded an episode in a while but um I've been really getting hyped for the new album by Lucy Dacus. Um, so her second single from that album called VBS, which stands for Vacation Bible School, which Ooh. I think is really funny. Um, uh, that song, uh, I think it's another you know great uh, song from her. Um, I'm really hyped for her album. Um, you know, she's part of that boy genius supergroup. Um, with Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker, and out of those three, she's definitely my favorite. So really? that album, um, oh yeah, by far. Um, so that album comes out uh, later this month in June, and uh, I'm really stoked for that. Um, a couple big releases last week um, that have been making a lot of noise, Wolf Alice and Japanese Breakfast, um, those two albums I've been getting into. Um, and then I think the week before that uh, was the new album from Black Midi. Um, that one is just a brain scrambler um so you know we might be reviewing some of those albums on upcoming episodes so stay tuned for that but um the big news that um i I don't know if you totally missed it um i know i certainly did until i read an article about it but the junos were this past weekend (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about the junos um i've actually never watched the junos personally um nor do i follow it um, but it looks like the weekend cle- cleaned up. So he he won album of the year um, for After Hours. Um, you know some of the categories I'm interested in: alternative album of the year. Um, it's a band I really hate. July Talk. They won that. Um, I really don't like that band. Um, that guy's ultra deep voice. Do, have you listened to them? Yeah, before? yeah. It's a little bit jarring. I didn't. Ugh. There's some of their older singles I could get I could get into, but I don't know what they're churning out yeah. these days. Sounds like not much. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, but yeah, I mean, also in that category, Pup was nominated for This Place Sucks Ass, which, I mean, it's a great EP, but it's an EP. I don't know why it's nominated for Album <laughs> of the Year. Um, you know, Artists of the Year, we've got The Weeknd. Um, group of the Year is Arkells. Didn't even realize they were still making music. Um, but Hamilton, Hamilton Pride there um what else have we got here we got uh, oh oh international album of the year very random um so these are the nominees harry styles luke combs no idea who that is eminem pop smoke and taylor swift 
I don't really understand how they chose those. International. Um, Harry Styles. Harry Styles won, <laughs> which is very strange. Um, and then a category for you: metal slash hard music. Hard, hard music. music. I guess they call it. Yeah, metal slash hard music album of the year. Um, I'm insulted. So I'm gonna go over the. I'm gonna go over the artists, and and you tell me if you've heard of any of these. So um, there's Annihilator. Um, Cataclysm, spelled with a K. Uh, Protest the Hero, which which I've heard of. Um, Unleash the Archers and Vile Creature. Have you heard of any of those other than Protest the Hero? I've heard of uh, Vile Creature. Um, no, no, I haven't heard of the rest of them. They might huh. be really deep Interesting. Cuts. No, I haven't heard that many. Interesting. I mean, this is all Canadian, so like yeah, they yeah. could be from Moose Jaw and never heard of them. Uh, but Unleash the Archers won that for their album Abyss. So. Maybe something to, to check out. Um, Must have lost a lot of street cred there. <laughs> I don't know my own Canadian heavy bands. Or h- hard uh, that's, music that's bands. Fine. Yeah, hard music. Um, and then, yeah, the only other, I mean, Blinding Lights winning, winning single of the year. I mean, do you th- clearly the most popular Canadian artist right now. So. Do you think a lot of that was, tri- was done in response of him getting snubbed by the Grammys? Junos were just like, oh, then we'll just give him all the oh. awards. Oh. That's actually an interesting question, but I mean, probably not. I mean, like, what, what bigger really Canadian nothing. release was there last year? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they have a bunch of Justin Bieber here for the album Changes. I don't know if I never <laughs> listened to that. Um, but probably other than that, to. yeah, it's it's people I've never heard of. So, like, yeah, I think The Weekend is just a natural choice, and like the Junos are all about promoting Canadian music um so yeah i feel like they they should milk it you know regardless of what uh happened with the grammys but yeah just a quick roundup um so i don't know if that that changes your opinion about music in the last year but that's that's what happened at the junos were you a big protest the hero fan you ever listened to Uh, kazaya or fortress fortress i listened to fortress um you know, I was entertained by the, like, guitar acrobatics, like the crazy noodling and the crazy drums. Um, but it was definitely, like, a, you know, kind of high school phase. And, oh, I thought it was cool that they were Canadian. I think they're from, like, Whitby or Ajax or something. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely I would not listen to them anymore. Do you know that their lead singer had to go through, like, he, he like, lost his voice. Like, his voice was messed. He had to, like... Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah, it was... uh. So it took they took a lot of time off their last album last year though was a beast to get through it's long songs are like huh. five to six minutes of that just overly theatrical guitar wankery and then his voice on top <laughs> of it but um it was it was okay at the end of the day it just took a lot of time to even get through i saw them live in hamilton too believe it or not at the oh, tiniest little bar up here yeah um it was pretty good i was uh, a little afraid for my life in the mosh pit but um yeah, I can imagine that would be intense. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for this episode of the play button. Um, we've got a lot of releases coming out now. I feel like the the tap's been turned on, and now that we're in full on into summer, um, I think there's going to be a lot of music coming out. So definitely stay tuned for uh, more episodes. Follow us on Instagram at playbuttonpodcast for more content. Follow us on Apple Music and Spotify where we have playlists uh, highlighting key tracks from all the albums that we review. 
And uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye.